Hi, my name is Anthony DeSimone, and this is the Yen Podcast. And you're listening to Entrepreneur's Island, which is that island that many entrepreneurs and small business owners place themselves on because they're convinced their problems are unique and no one can help. This podcast is all about sharing those problems, those very common problems, and offering solutions. Back in 1999, I was the controller for Buffalo Breakbeam. It was a $13 million in annual sales small business with about 40 employees. It was a worldwide manufacturer of brake beams for train car manufacturers. The expectation from the CEO was I handle all the accounting, financial, outside audit, banking, and internal costing functions with my staff of two. I had a full-time bookkeeper and a part-time intern. The expectations to handle a considerable amount of accounting functions with a very small staff are not unusual in the average small business setting. However, in order to fulfill those expectations, each member of the accounting staff ends up wearing lots of hats and each member ends up playing an important role in the day-to-day activity. When a staff member calls in sick for even one day, there's a very good chance that at least part of the accounting system slows down or stops altogether. For example, at Buffalo Breakbeam, when my bookkeeper would call in sick, no one would be available to enter the deposits for that day. We'd have to wait for the following day for somebody to enter them, assuming that bookkeeper came in that second day. It becomes even more problematic when an employee quits. Most small businesses fail to create procedures of the major tasks being performed throughout the company, so when a person leaves, so does all of the knowledge, making it far more difficult to fill the gap the employee leaves behind. This very situation happened to me at Buffalo Breakbeam, and when it did, I wasn't prepared for it. All of the work the employee left behind became my responsibility. I ended up having to learn all of the tasks that the bookkeeper was responsible for, and then I had to find, interview, hire a replacement, and then train that new hire with all of those tasks that I had to learn myself. This took about three months and added about 15 extra hours per week to the 55 hours a week I was already working. And believe me, my wife wasn't happy considering I had a three-year-old and a newborn at home at the time. It only took one time to make that mistake in order for me to implement corrective action. I initiated a program that would create procedures for all of the major day-to-day tasks that ran in the accounting department. Everything from entering invoices and daily receipts to closing the monthly financial reports. The most important part of the program was to successfully write the steps of the procedure so clearly that a person with no experience or background in accounting would be able to accomplish them. With the assistance of my team, we listed all of the major daily, weekly, monthly, and annual tasks that we performed. And using the loss of a member of the team as the basis for choosing 
we highlighted all of the tasks we felt needed written procedures. We prioritized our list and I instructed everyone to begin writing procedures for the top task listed and when complete, save the Word document to a shared company file. When I finished writing my first one, I wanted to put it to the test to see if anyone, even a person without accounting experience, could perform the procedure. Now that's how the Al Janicki test was born. You see, Al Janicki was a salesperson at Buffalo Breakbeam. He was extremely good at sales and had absolutely no experience in accounting. He was a perfect candidate to test my procedures. I went over to Al's office, explained what I was trying to accomplish, and asked him if he would come to my office to see if he could follow the step-by-step -step procedure I just created for entering invoices. Al was more than happy to help. So I had him sit in front of my computer at my desk and handed him the procedure and an invoice and said, this procedure has all of the steps to enter this invoice. When you get to a point, if you get to a point, that you can't go any further, please tell me. He took the invoice and the procedure and began reading the first step. He looked at the computer and then he looked at me and he said, I have no idea how to get into the accounting software. So right there at that moment, lasted about two minutes, we stopped there. I thanked him and I pulled up my Word document and I added all the steps to get into the accounting software to the procedure. Once I completed that, I asked Al to come back and repeat the process of performing the procedure until I finally wrote it clearly enough for him to complete and perform it from start to finish. Once we had that, we knew we had a procedure that wouldn't fail. So basically, the steps to creating procedures that never fail are as follows. One, list all of the important daily, weekly, monthly, and annual tasks each of your employees perform. Two, isolate the tasks considered so important that if an employee left, there would be immediate need for another person to take it over. Three, prioritize the importance of the tasks selected. Four, choose the highest prioritized task in step three and write the procedure from start to finish. Five, find your Al Janicki, a person who isn't from your department who will have no idea how to complete your task without a procedure to follow. Six, ask that person to follow the procedure and instruct that person to stop when it's not clear on how to complete the next step. Seven, update the procedure to make more clear the step that your Al Janicki failed to complete. And then eight, repeat steps six and seven until your Al Janicki performs the procedure from start to finish. Once you and your team get into the habit of creating procedures for all the major operations and tasks, you will have a greater level of cross-training and the confidence 
that if anyone from your team leaves, you will have a much less difficult and stressful time with keeping the ex-employee's tasks up to date and training the new hire. So get started today, my friends. And I hope you have a great day. If you ever happen to be going down Broadway in Lancaster, New York, you probably won't notice, but there is this building between two houses with a storefront. That's where PRZ Technologies is headquartered. This building, which was built in 1927, reminds me of one of those buildings at Disney. You think it's a small storefront, but then you enter and look around at all the space and you wonder, how is it possible it's this large? That's how I feel when I'm walking into PRZ and that building opens up to 32,000 square feet of space. And once you're in it, it's really neat to see the amazing contrast between that old style 1927 building and the -the state-of-the-art cutting-edge machine tools that are all over the place inside it. They have everything from simple mills to five-axis machines. And the facility, well, let me tell you, it's not your standard machine shop. It's clean. I mean, really clean. I mean, you can drop your lunch on the floor, pick it up, and eat it type of clean. That's also one of the words you can use to describe the fixtures they build. They're beautiful. Really, they're pieces of artwork. It's really amazing to watch them take what are basically blocks of metal and craft them into beautiful fixtures that are used around the world on everything from aerospace to automotive products. In fact, PRZ Technologies has built a reputation as one of the worldwide leaders for fixture making in the auto industry. PRZ has made fixtures for just about every major car manufacturer, including Tesla. They're everywhere. PRZ has grown almost 300% in the past seven years. And you don't have to go much further than the owner, Walt Prisbel, to understand why. Quite frankly, he's a genius. He understands the mechanics of the machine tools so well, it allows him to create unique designs for not only the fixture, but sometimes he assists the customer to rethink their whole process when he sees a more efficient way to produce the end product. He is constantly talking to and giving advice to the lead engineers from the major automotive companies all around the world. And the best part, he never went to college. Are you kidding me? This man found his passion and created a business around it. Oh, 
And on the weekends, he's the crew chief for the NHRA Torrance Drag Racing Team. And for those of you who don't know what that is, the NHRA is like the NFL of drag racing, and the Torrance Racing Team would be the New England Patriots. Check them out on ESPN2 next time they show a race. It's pretty neat. Now, since its inception in 1999, Walt has done a fine job at hiring a very talented group of key managers who have played a pivotal role in PRZ's continued growth and success. Along with the key managers, PRZ has a very talented group of 15 machinists with a combined knowledge of over 200 years of machine tool experience. When I think of a well-run company... One of the first companies that always comes to mind is PRZ Technologies. It's a great company with great people who truly believe in their mission to make your advanced CNC manufacturing ideas and concepts that seem impossible a reality. Check them out at prztech.com. That's prztech.com. 